Good day, I'm Stephen Dickens, and it's my pleasure to host another edition of the I'm a Mainframe conversation series sponsored by the Open Mainframe Project. As a Linux Foundation collaborative project, the Open Mainframe Project is intended to help create a mainframe-focused open source technical community focused around collaborative engagement on the mainframe platform. I'm joined today by CJ Solomon from CA. Thanks for joining us, CJ. Thank you, Stephen. Happy to be here. So, CJ, this is all about why you're a mainframer. So, if you can just get our listeners a little bit orientated and and tell us a little bit about yourself and give us some background and, and really first off trying to understand kind of what makes you a mainframer and, and what makes you so passionate about the platform. Sure. Um, you know, I am, I'm actually a, a product manager now, so I haven't been writing code for a little while, but uh, what attracted me to the platform was I, uh, I, I went to Penn State for computer engineering and that degree is interesting. It's, it's somewhat of a of a, a marriage between computer science and electrical engineering. So you do a little bit of hardware and you do a little bit of software and it kind of meets in the middle. So because of that background from Penn State, I was interested always in uh, doing and working on things that, that powered uh, sort of the, the back end of things, the engine, if you wish. And uh, I, uh, right out of college, I actually worked for a startup where I was designing and building code for microcontrollers. Uh, and, and it just happened to be that that was uh, being done in an assembly language, believe it or not. Uh, and then I, I, I saw an opening in, in Penn State's career website that said there's a position for a software engineer at, at CA Technologies in Pittsburgh. Uh, it might involve a decent bit of uh, assembler for, uh, programming. And I said, you know, I, I like what I'm doing now. I didn't really know about mainframes, but I just went out and Googled mainframe a little bit. And, and I found out that, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's all these uh, very important uh, technologies and, and, and businesses today that, that run with the mainframe as their backbone. Uh, from from what I had heard about mainframes in the past from from movies and such was that they need to be hacked because they're very important. Uh, so until I did some <laughs> some uh, some bit of research, I, I didn't know what they actually did. But then again, I I, I considered it. I, I looked at it, and I, I mean, it, it was a very stable platform that had been around for a very long time. So I said, why not? Let's go and interview for this. I've had my year of fun with, with startups. Uh, let's go and uh, look for something that's more long-term. That's kind of how I got started with, with the mainframe platform. So you started out in, as an assembler program and programmer and that what drew you into the platform? Is, is, is that kind of a, a good summary? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the fact that, uh, you know, when you're developing code at that level, you need a very clear and, and good understanding of how the system works at an operating system level and maybe even at a hardware level. Uh, but you still have to have your fundamentals of, of writing software and, and developing code in, in a good place as well. I liked that aspect of it where I wasn't writing a whole lot of high level uh, abstracted code and I was doing more 
coding that was very close to the operating system and the hardware. So that's absolutely what attracted me. So keen to get a view underneath that a little bit. I mean, you obviously learned assembler. You kind of came out of college, got into that startup. We're kind of writing that code close to the hardware layer. Tell me a little bit more about that transition as you kind of went from that world to the mainframe world. Was it an easy transition for you to make? I think a lot of our listeners would be interested to understand kind of how you <laughs> made that transition. Yeah, you know, my response here is, is usually a little bit different from what I've heard from others. Is I actually didn't have much of an issue. Uh, it's, it's Mainframe is just another computer. Uh, and, and, and the architecture that, that that's followed in the mainframe platform is is well defined and, and actually one of the common architectures that followed even in other other platforms. So to me, uh, learning about how a computer works at its core uh, was was very key at Penn State, and and they their curriculum was such that they didn't focus much on specific languages or specific technologies. It was more so concepts that drive how computing works. And that really helped me when, when I joined CA and we were doing a, a lot of development and operating system level things. And uh, it was really enjoyable for me because it was really the concepts that I was learning and, and then actually putting them to work from what I learned in college was, was way more interesting to me than, than what language I was writing the code in. So the transition for me was, was fairly uh, easy. Uh, especially when it comes to the language, I had no issues picking up high-level assembler as opposed to writing in the in the microcontroller assembly language I was using previously. Uh, I did do a, quite a bit of C programming as well, uh, along with assembler on the mainframe. And again, both are languages that I really enjoy writing in. Uh, the concepts in, in, in mainframe when it comes to, say, things like cross-memory posting, uh, uh, managing your virtual storage, topics like that, they were challenging, but it was also very, very interesting. So that's kind of what drew me in and kept me here is, is the the technical complexity of, of the platform uh, when it comes to writing very efficient code and, and you having full understanding of what you're writing and how the machine's going to actually interpret that and, and run that for you. So I'm just, as I was prepping for this, Sujed, was looking at your profile on LinkedIn and looking at the eight years or so you've been at CA. Pretty stellar rise through the ranks there from a software engineer, you know, through to your current role. Can you just give these listeners a, a view of kind of what you've been involved in, some of those interesting projects, and, and really a sort of whistle-stop tour through your time at CA? I think the, the listeners will find that really interesting. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, just to go back to your previous question, uh, you asked if, if moving to the and, and working in a, in a mainframe platform was challenging. You know, the technology itself wasn't really challenging, but the expectations in, in the mainframe world were quite challenging. Uh, I was maybe <laughs> two weeks into my job, and uh, I worked on a performance management product, which was quite key at, at, at CA. And they, they had me look into a, a, an issue that the customer had opened and I, I worked it out. I, I came up with a fix and then I wrote a, a PTF, which you can consider a patch in other technologies, right? Uh, and, and, you know, 
I, I released that as a not as a public thing, but as a, as a a closed off uh, fix for just one customer, and I get a call from directly from uh, uh, one of the uh, directors uh, of, of mainframe in that company, and he's drilling me over intricate details of the fix that I wrote. I certainly did not expect that, but you know, trial by fire like that really put me in a, in a place to understand how important this platform is for people. And, and, and the fact that somebody that high up in their organization uh, was, was technically proficient and looked at a fix and was concerned and then he called me up directly to ask questions about how it was implemented. That kind of opened my eyes uh, as far as how important this platform is. Now going forward, I, I worked on uh, other other products that, that um, uh, even plug directly into the operating system and, and, and uh, uh, if you're if you're say opening up a data set on the mainframe and somebody else is opening it up at the same time, there's serialization issues that can occur. Uh, so I actually worked on quite a bit of operating system exists that would handle serialization issues like that. Um, one of the times, uh, you know, we uh, a large bank in, in Europe was was having some issues with uh, ATMs. And, and then uh, they didn't really know what the issue was, but they essentially said, hey, CA, uh, you, we have your software, IBM, we are using your, your platform. You guys work together to sort this out. We don't care what the problem is, but we need our ATMs to be back and running right away. So that involved being on bridge calls uh, with the customer, with other vendors for, uh, for many days straight, across weekends, even nights, and, and, and we all worked together to solve this issue because this was a, a customer who was really uh, dependent on the mainframe and, and, and as vendors who, who create software and hardware for, for the platform, we all worked together to solve issues like that. So that sort of experience uh, is re was rewarding for me. It's, it's, it's uh, solving real-world problems uh, uh, that, that, that touch people's lives every day. Uh, by just working on the software that runs it. Yeah, and I think that's obviously a challenge we've got as we position the mainframe out to different audiences. It's kind of, as you mentioned in one of your statements, the box at the back end. You know, it's not mm -hmm. front and center for a lot of our clients. It's kind of the box that kind of never falls over at the back of the data center that kind of just runs the business. I mean, have you seen that as you've engaged that sort of criticality, sorry, criticality to clients, you know, and if you can maybe sort of give a CA perspective on, on some of the business processes and sort of business that this platform's supporting, that'd be interesting, I think. Sure. Uh, you know, so again, before I got into product management as an engineer, I was working, uh, I was supporting products uh, um, as, a, as a level two engineer, but also uh, actively doing development on it. One of the things that I had to do was I was actually on call over at night at, at, at on weekends. So if I was going hiking in the mountains, I still had to make sure that I had phone signal and I usually lugged my laptop around in case I, I, I got called and, and it has happened. <laughs> I've been at friends places at three o'clock in, in the morning and I've had to attend calls uh, where they said, hey, you know, uh, we were having a data center outage and uh, we run your software. We don't, again, we don't know what the issue is. Please look into it. And you just kind of 
have to get on that call and 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 get to it because uh, uh, as minutes go by with with their mainframes not working, uh, they're losing maybe thousands, hundreds of thousands, or maybe even millions of dollars in in business with with just a, a few minutes of the mainframe not operating. So that's the level of importance that that uh, the industry has on the mainframe platform. And CA absolutely has so much process in place. We have rotations of of folks who are going to be on call uh, and and, uh, multiple layers even where a certain person who's maybe in support is going to get called first. And and if if they're not able to solve it, they have multiple levels of escalation and everybody's number is on file and you can get called at any time. That's that's, uh, that's part and parcel of of working in in an environment and an industry like this where you're really... uh, key when it comes to continuing the business operations and and, and, uh, to me that's actually rewarding. I don't see that as a burden. I see that more as, hey, the key businesses in this world rely on our technology uh, being highly available and we are the people who help make it highly available if it ever runs into issues. So that's rewarding. Yeah, I I think that's just part of being in this mainframe space. There's a different sort of code, if you will, right. around you know what it means to be a mainframer and what it means to kind of support these clients. So it's good to get that perspective. And I think it's interesting to hear you say, and I certainly feel this way as we're supporting these clients, you know, that's a good thing. You feel like you're giving something back and there's you know, there's, there's, the world runs on these platforms, so to be involved in them is, is a positive thing. So, looking ahead, Sujay, there's some interesting stuff going on right now as we look at the mainframe as an overall platform. Some fantastic announcements that share recently. Um, so, can you just give me your kind of view of where you think open source and the mainframe platform come together? and really how you see that shaping not only the platform, but just how customers are going to interact with it going forward. Sure. Uh, So one of the challenges that we've had over the past decades with with the platform is since it's closed source, uh, folks haven't been able to improve the accessibility of our platform uh, to the levels that some of the other platforms have achieved. Uh, and that's, that's starting to become an issue because when you look at, uh, you know, just take, for example, DevOps tools, uh, so things like uh, continuous integration tools like Jenkins or build tools like Gradle, Gulp, and Maven, these are now kind of becoming synonymous with software development, uh, not necessarily tied to any platform. You could build software that runs on Windows or Linux or uh, maybe even different distributions of Linux. All of the software that runs on those different platforms can be built uh, using the same build tools, can be managed using the same CI/CD pipelines. Uh, the fact that it's a little bit of a challenge to integrate mainframe into kind of those standard tools that are becoming prominent in the software industry. That is a problem. And uh, I believe with 
the initiative that we announced at, at SHARE called ZOE, uh, our, our intent uh, is to really not necessarily solve that entire problem, but kickstart an openness to the platform and start building some infrastructure that would allow the community of users and, and customers and, and uh, individual developers to really start building integration into these uh, open tools that are available uh, and are becoming very popular with, with developers in general. Uh, so, you know, okay. sometimes I say that uh, uh, we're trying to make mainframe just another platform, uh, but obviously we're not trying to uh, reduce the scalability, availability, security, or any of those great aspects of the platform that we have. Uh, just add to it by making it more accessible. Yeah, and that's interesting. I think open source kind of brings a lot to that. I mean, what what's your view on how that community is going to build around something like so? It sounds like a strong sort of focus on the technology, but if you can give me the community perspective, what do you think that community engagement is going to bring to an effort like so? Sure. Uh, you know, up until now, if you wanted to influence what happens on the platform, there were few avenues. Uh, uh, there's uh, within the share organization, they have something called share requirements, uh, and and there, that's what one that was one way to influence what goes into the platform. But now, with the power of of open source, uh, it's a home for anybody who is interacting with the platform to really start. Uh, looking at it and saying, hey, you know, I've got this this program that I wrote, uh, this Rex program I wrote that that helps me greatly every day with with uh, maybe looking at system dumps on the mainframe. Uh, I don't particularly see this as a business advantage for me, just keeping it to myself, and I don't even want to maintain all of it myself. Maybe I'll just throw this up in in, in uh, our uh, open source foundations GitHub, and you know, a lot of others might start using it. Uh, and, and they may even start uh, enhancing the, the, this utility that, that you shared yourself and, and you might reap the rewards of you open sourcing it because others are enhancing it and, and, and you're now able to take advantage of what other folks are building in the tool that you shared. That is really what we want to build and promote and nurture is, is build that community around the platform where folks feel comfortable sharing their tools, sharing their ideas so that the platform as a whole can grow uh, without having to go through a lot of process and in, in, in influencing, say, just a couple of vendors and improving it. Yeah, and I think I certainly get the perspective that that kind of crowdsourced community development is where the industry is going. We've certainly seen that explosive um, growth of that of the model for how code is developed, and it's really interesting for me to see that increasingly coming to the mainframe platform. As you say, not moving away from the performance, availability, security, mm -hmm. but, but adding to the platform and just making it not only able to play nice with others as part of a DevOps type framework, but also just harness the community harness that sort of crowd to develop on the uh, on the platform. So one of the questions I'm going to ask and, and sort of get you ready mentally for this, Sujay, so this one's going to challenge you. Where do you see things 18 months, three years, five years out? 
for the mainframe platform. As you look ahead and into that crystal ball, where do you see the platform going? Ah, uh, well, seems like things have kind of come full circle. Uh, when I was in, in college, like uh, mid-2000s and, and, and maybe even before that, there was a lot of talk that mainframes are going away, uh, we're going to try to migrate everything to the cloud, uh, that sort of thing. But what I've noticed recently is is actually kind of a reinvigoration of, of interest and, and, and commitment to the platform from a lot of companies because they seem to have realized that there's quite a few aspects of the mainframe that that are that really cannot be replaced by anything else there's also a lot of investment that has gone into the platform so there's i mean think about the 30 40 plus years of business logic that's been written and and, and enhanced and, and and refined over these years why why rewrite that why move that somewhere else if you can make what's on the mainframe highly accessible and, and open uh, so that you're not inhibited by, by the platform when it comes to innovation. So that's that's key, is that we need to be able to drive innovation on the platform. It can't just be a platform that uh, is, is, is kept uh, maintained well. It, it's got to be a, a place for innovation. And, and I believe that that's starting to happen. You know, today, I think folks at larger organizations are just, accepting and realizing that the platform is not going away and they're starting to reinvest in it. Uh, I've even heard that some of them are even moving uh, non-traditional workloads. So things like uh, Java workload or Node.js workload from, from other cloud platforms into the mainframe platform. I think next year or, or maybe a couple of years from now, we're going to see more of that where uh, maybe there's an application that's running somewhere in the cloud that's that's not meeting SLA, and and the data that that application interacts with is actually on the mainframe. Those types of applications, uh, if if we make it simple enough for say a web developer to deploy a web application to the mainframe, uh, the same way that they can use something like a a, a CLI to deploy it to another cloud platform. As long as we make it as simple and as accessible, I believe mainframe is now going to start taking a, a spot when it comes to enterprise architecture, where they consider uh, different deployment platforms. Mainframe needs to be considered as one of the options there, and I believe that is starting to happen. So, uh, yeah, to answer I your think, question, I think, uh, share, I think we share a lot of the same views, Sujay. I think <laughs> I see an exciting future ahead, and and some of the work that you guys are doing around Zoe and the open source kind of collaborative piece is only just going to mm -hmm. help that. So, so kind of one final question as we look to wrap up our time today. So, you know, the the format of this is I'm a mainframer. What would you say to yourself back as you were leaving college if you could do that around the platform? How would you energize you know, the college kids graduating this year to kind of get into the platform and, and sort of follow your path and become a mainframe? Hmm, that's actually a tough one. So I I really liked what Penn State did for me. They did not teach me a hell of a lot about 
specific languages or specific platforms. I learned concepts, uh, just normal programming concepts, uh, computing concepts, hardware concepts, and I was able to take those concepts and I picked a platform that I thought was viable and, and, and long-standing and then had an important place in, in today's uh, businesses. And, and to me, there's really nothing better than mainframe uh, there when it comes to longevity and, and stability and, and, and importance in the real world. Uh, I wouldn't get too caught up with, you know, the, the, the different languages. Uh, they come and go. You know, if you look at UI frameworks, there's flavor of the year, sometimes even flavor of the month frameworks that come and go. I would focus more on, you know, if you're learning uh, the infrastructure of a platform, uh, the skills all transfer over. I've myself gone from doing heavy-duty mainframe system level uh, assembler C development. I've done uh, uh, some JavaScript and Java web development. You know, the transition between the two really wasn't wasn't bad for me. So. Uh, that would be my advice then. then keep your uh, options open. Uh, look at the platform and try to understand why it really is, plays such a key role in today's uh, economy and in, in various industries. And, and uh, the skills you learn there are transferable to any other platform. If you ever get bored and you want to move around like I did, uh, options are always there for you. That's fantastic. I think that's really good coaching. I think the Sujay of 22 years old would have appreciated that type of, uh, <laughs> of, of insight. So thank you for that. So Sujay, this has been fantastic today. Really good to get your perspective, really good to get a view of where you've grown as a mainframer, your initial experience of the platform, your perspective of where we are right now with some of the things that are happening. And just that looking ahead, and that view sort of 18 months, three years out of where the platform's gonna be. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Stephen. So this is Stephen Dickens signing off. You've been listening to the Open Mainframe Project, I'm a Mainframe podcast. Please look forward, please look for us and join us next time.